everyone. I'm Tish Conlon for another episode of Tish Talk. Today, I'm delighted to have a constitutional lawyer on my show. Many of you know Sean Buckley from the National Citizens Inquiry, uh, but he also is going to talk today about what's happening with Bill C-47 that can really affect natural products, holistic products, and drugs. Um, Sean, actually, in his 29 years of practicing law, has defended more natural health companies in court than any other Canadian lawyer. So that's really encouraging. He has an enviable track record in court against Health Canada charges. And outside of court, uh, Sean has assisted natural health companies and practitioners navigate and deal with Health Canada. So Mr. Buckley has attended on a number of occasions as an expert witness on the regulation of natural health products in the House of Commons. He's appeared as an expert witness on constitutional law in the Senate, uh, attending as perhaps the only expert witness opposing Bill C-36, the Consumer Product Protection Act. And since 2008, Sean has been president of Natural Health Products Protection Association, which is the acronym if you wanna look into that, it's NHPPA. It's dedicated to protecting health rights with a focus on protecting access to natural health products. As we know here, most of us are in a fairly awake community that we urgently need um, to protect natural health products, not give more, uh, more power to big pharma. He also, as many of you know, was the leading counsel for the uh, incredible cross-country national citizens inquiry. So welcome, Sean. How are you today? I'm good, and and thanks, Tish, for having me on your show. Oh, my pleasure. I I've uh, been following uh, your work and um, very moving. Some of the testimonies on the National Citizen Choir. I tried to retreat them to help. I know there was censorship there for uh, for you guys as well. But I encourage anyone who hasn't seen a lot of those uh, testimonials to watch them. It's very powerful. And uh, before we dive into this particular issue. Is there going to be a report coming out at some point soon, or what's the what's happening with the National Citizens Inquiry? Yeah, so so the you know the original purpose was to hold the hearings and then have the commissioners come out with a report. Now understand that the commissioners are independent of <laughs> you know the our, the administrative side. So um, and I mean they have a lot of information to digest. We had three hundred witnesses. Wow. Both. Plus, um, last week, we actually, they had us call back um, Dr. Denis Rancourt because there's updated um, all-cause mortality data, both from Canada and some other countries. And and that's, like, if anyone hasn't watched the National Citizens Inquiry and doesn't know what it is, I guess I, you know, should start there and say, so it was just a group of volunteers got together and kind of marched commissioners across the land, eight different cities, eight different provinces, to well, seven different provinces because Toronto and Ottawa, but um, to basically look into how all, all levels of government handled COVID, and to hear you know basically give Canadians a, a platform to speak, and it was just an incredible thing. But when you have a, a witness like uh, Denis Rancourt, who basically is showing you from the all-cause all mortality data that there was there was no the pandemic wasn't causing deaths it wasn't no. but specific government actions timing caused deaths and the vaccine the vac vaccine you know when it rolled out um in certain jurisdictions there's clear clear bumps it's very interesting yes. so um but very, i very kind of, sad I got very tragic there, really. <laughs> yeah yes well, I think most people here, uh, at least a large percentage, uh, were really uh, pleased about that. And what was uh, about the National Citizens Inquiry and did follow it to a certain point? I mean, it's hard to keep up. And there are so many important stories, people who are silenced with the censorship. I know Preston Manning played a role. And could you clarify that just before we dive into the other? Well, um, it, it it's interesting because uh, actually people thought, you know, we were kind of a conservative group or something like that, which um, I kind of find humorous. So, you know, I think there was 12 of us at the beginning and Preston was just one, right? Like, oh. so a group of us had put on the national or citizenshearing.ca and Preston actually joined that group. Like we had already formed to do that. We were inspired by what Senator Johnson was doing in the U.S. Yes. And he was calling American witnesses. And we thought, why don't we do that for, with Canadian witnesses and just show that there's a different narrative in Canada? So 
witnesses weren't under oath. It was only three days. They weren't letter questions by lawyers, so they just attended and said their piece. You didn't have this kind of rigor of, you know, pre-vetting and stuff like that, like the National Citizens Inquiry had. Um, and it was only after that that we thought, well, why don't we, why don't we do this National Citizens Inquiry and actually march across Canada and have the most comprehensive look anywhere in the world under oath, pre-vetted witnesses called by lawyers. And so Preston was just one of 12. But then when we're going to go um, and announce ourselves, he's the only one with name recognition. So obviously he's going to be the guy because then we're going to get media and mm. and all of that. So, um, so yeah, so we've, you know, I've seen some really interesting things online, like, you know, there's this right wing tank and stuff like that when uh, I, I wouldn't even know the politics of every anyone on there except Preston. I mean, obviously he wears his on his sleeve, right? He's so, yes. he's so um, known as a politician. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's kind of funny. So that's, so Preston's role and, and God bless him because, you know, he was part of the forming group. He also, because he's um, been involved in a, in a bunch of projects before that started on the ground level, um, like, cause it was such a big undertaking. You, he was very helpful to just know you can, we can do this, right? Like oh, very good. encouraging and, and helping keep us focused and, and moving along. So, I mean, for a project, having a guy like that in there with all that experience, um, super helpful. But the idea that it was in any way political, I just, from being on the inside, I find that a little funny. Oh, well, that is interesting. I was following Ron, Senator Ron Johnson as well, and I really admire and like him, what he's been doing in the state. So that's interesting to know that he was your inspiration. And I'm wondering if other countries are now following suit as well with what uh, you've, you we've been doing. Do you know? Well, I, I know that internationally, um, you know, the National Citizens Inquiry is starting to resonate. Oh. So other countries are starting to watch and ask, you know, people are going, well, I wonder if we could do that in our country. And the, the answer is yes, you can. Excellent. You, know, you have to get, get the right people together and believe, right? Well, yes. Well, absolutely. And it is, you know, you just have to have the courage to speak out. I mean, that's really a theme throughout and have the expertise. Now, you certainly have the expertise on this other issue. I know uh, my audience is aware I interviewed James Raguski on uh, some of the horrific things coming down the pipe with the WHO and the pandemic treaties and these uh, international health regulations. Um, and that's it's a real issue and, and being tackled. You're tackling what's happening in Canada right now with massive overreach with, uh, I think it's Bill C-47. Can you explain in layman terms what what they're trying to do, how that will affect natural health, um, the natural health industry, and how you're going to fight it? Right. So first of all, Tish, as I have to make it clear that Bill C-47, and I'll explain, you know, yes. the problem with that in a second, but it's just one part of about an eight-part program called the self-care framework. Okay. So, and if I can even back up a little more and just explain, because your audience might not know about the regulation of, of natural health products. So we're talking about the stuff you walk into your health food store. Um, you know, if you go to a, a natural health practitioner, like a naturopathic doctor or homeopathic doctor or traditional Chinese practitioner, these are the products we're talking about. Um, so Health Canada has... And, and I've, I've been doing this since 1994. Wow. The Food and Drug Act and regulations. Could, and could, could I ask service. you, like not every constitutional lawyer is interested in natu- natural health products. I mean, just people, just out of curiosity, how did you get so interested? Is that something you follow yourself? Um, well, no, no. And that, that, <laughs> that would be a different story. And I, I don't know if we have time for it, although... Um, no, so I started, I was acting for Health Canada as their counsel against a oh. herbalist that was suing them. Okay. I, I knew nothing about the industry. So um, a herbalist named Jim Strauss was suing Health Canada because Health Canada had seized herbs at the border that he was importing from the United States, which were perfectly legal for him to import. So they basically stole his herbs. Jeez. But, they, but they did that because he was selling remedies without Health Canada approval. You see, we have this philosophical problem in Canada. Our Food and Drug Act deems everything illegal. Anything for therapeutic purpose is illegal. 
you're actually, Tish, I don't want to change the subject, but you're looking very dehydrated. And I'm wondering if you can drink some water. Oh, I just broke the law. That was illegal. I, 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 I tried to get you to use water for a therapeutic purpose. Oh, my. So, <laughs> so everything's illegal. And the only exception to that is that if you get um, Health Canada can grant you an exemption from this blanket, everything's illegal. And they do that in the form of a product license. Mm. So they create these little regulations and you, you know, for different categories of drugs. And anything therapeutic is a drug. So water is a drug if you want to use it for Jeez, dehydration. I'm getting thirsty now for yeah. some <laughs> You're an effective lawyer. So, yeah. So the problem is, is, you know, this premise that everything should be illegal and you can only get market access if you prove Health Canada safety and efficacy. That works with chemical novel chemicals that have never been in our food supply, which are extremely dangerous. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, chemical pharmaceutical drugs. Eat, taken as directed are one of our leading causes of death. Mm -hmm. um, highly preventable, preventable medical mistakes is uh, another leading cause of death. And within that, the chemical pharmaceuticals um, are the leading cause. So, I mean, it's, it's actually the most, like there's an age group in Canada, a young age group, where actually your highest risk is being driven to the doctor's office and it's not the car accident. It's actually going to the doctor, which oh. like might... And yet we contrast that with natural health products and you are, you know, 14 times more likely to be struck by lightning than to be killed by a natural health product in Canada. Well, and none of us would give up any rights or freedoms to be protected from lightning strikes. And yet lightning strikes, your chance of being struck by lightning is so dramatically more like 14 times. Like it's Jeez. so dramatically more than your chance of being killed by a natural health product that it's not even fair to compare the two. So we're talking about things that are in our food supply and mm -hmm. um, so and yet and yet they're tremendously effective but so we've got these drug regulations and health canada in the late 90s to try and stuff this you know squash this industry started driving companies and products off the market um to imposing the chemical drug breaks and so there was a citizen rebellion in 1997 1998 the federal government was forced to back down and the Standing Committee of Health was asked, you have broad consultations. They had the broadest consultations in Canadian history. So this is an all party committee um, with expertise on health who are tasked with how should we regulate natural health products. They come out with 53 separate recommendations. And um, in that report, we've got a discussion paper at the NHPPA. So our website's um, www.nhppa.org. Excellent. We've got a discussion paper on what's happening right now with a link in, in there. There's hyperlinks to this standing committee of health report. But they just said, you don't regulate these like drugs, like don't don't go anywhere near those models. And Canadians want increased access. And this is appropriate. Don't don't overregulate them off the market. So but then, you know, there's humming and hawing how Canada hated this. And in 2004, they basically imposed drug style regulations on us which we call the natural health product regulations. So <clears throat> you compare them with the chemical drug regulations and substitute natural health product with the word chemical drug and, and you'll see the structure is exactly the same. <clears throat> and the premises, you know, the legal premise that, you know, people need to be protected from this and all of that is all the same, but they are softer. Much. You know, like, and we And there's some real advantages over the chemical drug regulations. Like we can use traditional use evidence to get through the efficacy hurdle. Um, <clears throat> but then um, in 2008, Health Canada tried to impose really strict penalties on the industry. And I'm getting to your bill C-47 here in a second. Um, it was called bill C-51. So for those of you in the natural health community back in 2008, when I say bill C-51, they know exactly what I'm talking about. So it would give Health Canada a whole bunch of new powers over you know, companies and also dramatically increase the fines. Oh, and because yeah. it was meant to apply to all drugs, so not just the chemical drugs, but also the natural health product community, the natural health product community went ballistic. And like literally the resistance shut down every MLA's office and, and the government backed right down on that. Good. An election was called and they didn't, they didn't reintroduce this bill. <laughs> So then it's that idea sits like Health Canada. They're like, 
you know, the Chinese, they plan in, you know, a thousand year goals. (laughs) So they just sit patiently and they wait till 2014. And then the the same powers and penalties come in as Vanessa's law, but they don't apply to natural health products. So they had to create a new category of drugs in the, the Food and Drug Act called therapeutic products. So and and nobody resisted this. I mean, I, I don't care that Pfizer is subject to a $5 million a day fine. That's probably not big enough for a big company like that. And mm-hmm. as long as you're not applying it to, you know, a little natural health product company, I don't care, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's fine. So that goes through in 2014. But what just happened with the budget? So Bill C-47, and it's already passed. It's already law. So now we have to just get this repealed. But so it's a budget bill to implement the federal 2023 budget. And I mean, the things like, um, um, it's a book, like budget bills are long Mm -hmm. and you can bury things and hide things in them. So it's sections 500 to 504, they buried, well, let's make Vanessa's law apply to natural health products. Like they know, and this is where we got gamed, right? They know Canadians don't want this. Mm -hmm. They know if they introduced a separate act, which is what they should have done saying, let's do this. It would go to the Standing Committee of Health and just get stopped in its track with Canadians going ballistic over this. So they totally gamed us. They snuck it in there. Nobody had time to respond. Budget bills passed quickly. And bang, now it's law. <clears throat> now, so why? So what's happened now is so like in the natural health product community, you have now gone from um, if you were if you you know, crossed Health Canada and, you know, violated even the most minor regulation or a section of the act. Um, You used to be, prior to June 22nd, your maximum fine would be $5,000 per offense. Now it's $5 million per day of any violation. Oh, no one can afford that. So let let me use censorship as an example, because this is something that I think um, can hit home, both the practitioners watching and to your, you know, just the average citizen that actually needs truthful health information. So another thing that Health Canada is doing that's part of the self-care framework that's just going to annihilate the industry um, is they are imposing fees. So they're going to, because the goal with the self-care framework is we are going to move the regulation of natural health products and align it 100% with the chemical over-the-counter drug. So it's just once again, we're going to regulate them as chemical drugs, even though every time anyone's had a really good look at this, it's like, no, 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 this is this is not what you do. And this is not what Canadians want. They want increased taxes. Yeah, we want to be protected against fraud and adulteration and, you know, and, and we want good manufacturing practices but we don't want you restricting our access and and stepping in and destroying, you know, products that are helping us. So anyway, this cost recovery, they're they're imposing drug style cost recovery. Now it's gonna drive small players out of business and it's gonna drive, you know, a number of medium players out of business. And for others, it's gonna reduce their product lines. We're gonna lose products that way. But what's interesting about this is they're saying, well, we're gonna use this new money to create a whole new enforcement arm. So don't worry, we're not gonna waste the money. We're gonna hire a whole bunch of Health Canada police to basically ensure that this increased regulatory burden that we're imposing is complied with. And they're gonna go out in the marketplace and make sure that nobody is sharing truthful health information. And they're not putting it that way. Um, They're not saying to prevent truthful health information. I'm the one saying that. It's just, you can't, um, there's a fraud provision in the act. You can't put out fraudulent information and we're protected by the the fraud provisions of the criminal code and we're protected against the fraud provisions in our telecommunications law like we got overlapping protection on fraud that's not what we're talking about but health canada takes the position that the only thing you can say about a natural health product is when you get a license they'll grant you a it's called a structure function claim so it might say something, let's use Empower Plus as an example. That's probably the best treatment in the world for bipolar disorder. But you, it's sold as a vitamin and mineral supplement just for people to stay healthy. And it says supports mental health and well-being. Well, there are 35 peer-reviewed um, scientific you know, papers of research, like case studies and case series and clinical trials 
all funded by governments, not just Canadian governments, but governments from countries around the world on this product published in peer review journals and, and blue chip ones like the Journal of Psychiatry and the Journal of Child and Adolescent Psychopharmacology. Like we're talking quality research in quality journals funded by governments and universities. And Health Canada would take the position, well, True Hope, you can't, you can't share these with the public. You can't let the public know that this research exists because that would suggest you're, pro you're advertising beyond um, supports mental health and well-being. That's now, terrifying. I mean, we okay, look well, at, if we look at what's happened in the last few years and, you know, the died suddenly and all the stories from injuries from the jab, and that was that was allowed to be sold as safe and effective and then changed. I don't know how many times have you seen that video where they go 100 percent, then 97 and all the way down, 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 down effectiveness, even with vitamin D, which uh, was uh, suppressed. You couldn't really say that you could take uh, that 80 percent of the people in Indonesia who died of covid were over 80 and had vitamin D deficiency. I mean, so having the censorship, the, the record censorship along with this, this level of government overreach for natural health is, is terrifying for people. Absolutely. Right, but, but let me just tie that in. So I was telling you the true hope story. Well, this bill, these $5 million a day penalties came into force on June 22nd. Prior to that, true hope had published on their website, their Canadian website, those journal articles so you could access them from their website because yeah we can get fined five thousand dollars in offense but we can withstand that and and so we'll take that risk and present this government-funded peer-reviewed research to the public um but they've taken them down now because they can't withstand <clears throat> five million dollar a day fines right. so do you see <clears throat> This Bill C-47, these powers and penalties, Health Canada snuck them in now because they're phasing in the self-care framework and because they're creating this new enforcement arm, they need that enforcement arm. These, these are not penalties. This is, this is pure destruction. It is. Like in law, there's a, you know, it's, it's kind of well known. Like if you increase the penalties too much so that they're not, they're not, penalties are meant to be punitive so that they hurt you so you stop the behavior. Um, they're not meant to be destructive where they destroy you. Then um, what happens is, is you find yourself in what's a state of legal tyranny. And, and tyranny, like the word, it's, oh, my gosh. Well, look it up. All tyranny means is unfettered discretion. Really? It's become, it, we, it, we react to it negatively because we understand when you give unfettered discretion that bad things happen. So that's why we react to the term, because in history, when you have unfettered discretion, bad things happen. Yes. which is why we try we tried in the the western liberal democracies and it worked for a while it's failed us now um to have checks and balances like in canada we had you know the charter of rights and freedoms was meant to be a check and balance um it's we've learned it's not but it's not yes. because our institutions no longer work for us and well, what, what when I, and when i say they they don't like so for example we just had the biggest intrusion of government in our lives with covid Right. And and even if you supported it, I don't care where you are on the, the COVID dialogue, like the conversation, COVID dialogue goes from one end to yes. the other. But it doesn't matter where you are on that dialogue. We all agree we've never had such government overreach into our lives, even in wartime. And I'm a constitutional lawyer. I can't point to a single case in Canada, a single case that puts a break on any level of government doing this again the next time. No, so, not a single, not a single case. Now, I have you can't to ask tell me you, that's not a failure. Yeah, I have to ask you because you are a constitutional lawyer and a lot of people, you know, I loosely call it the freedom movement. I mean, some people don't like that. A lot of people who understand what's been going on and, and are quite concerned myself uh, and very much so government overreach going against our, our constitution and our rights is a lot of people say the document. It's not even in the realm of the uh 
the U.S. Uh, document, which is sort of really protects individual rights. The, the, our Charter of Freedoms and Rights is only used, only good as a sword, not as a shield, because it's really communistic in nature. It's all about the collective. So our Bill of Rights is a little bit stronger because at least we have inalienable rights. Can you quickly comment on that for the audience? Because I love, they'd love your take. You're so frustrated how many court cases have been lost with constitutional challenges. I know with Rocco Galati, who I know, and other people. Can you comment on the two documents? I think people would love your insights and compared yeah, so, to the so, U.S. document, their, their constitution. You know, the Bill of Rights is actually, it was meant to be a strong document. When you read it, it's supposed to take <clears throat> paramountcy over any other act. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> no, it came in, what, in 57? Diefen I think Baker. it was. Yes, somewhere around. So it was the Diefenbaker government. Yes. So um, you have to understand our constitution because we are, um, you know, really a vassal state of the UK. Um, our constitution is just a series of British statutes. So every every letter in our constitution is just in a British statute. Now, <clears throat> in 1982, you know, so the Constitution Act 1982, which is another British statute, um, which is, you know, the last part of our Constitution, there is a formula where Canadians, Canadian governments can amend that British statute in a way that that um, would be binding this theory in Canada. But that formula is so onerous, it, it will never happen. So so in effect, the only way of amending our constitution right now is to ask the British Parliament to amend it. So which is, which is quite shocking in itself. But this Charter of Rights and Freedoms, you know, when you say it's a collective document, um, the you're referring to Section 1. So <clears throat> the rest of the Charter, it's got just wonderful rights in it, um, except it's missing one right that the Bill of Rights had. So the Bill of Rights also protected property rights. And I think that's why that's why courts were instructed to um, I think <clears throat> that's why um, I think courts were instructed to not privilege it because we have the Bill of Rights and it basically says this takes precedence over all the other laws. And yet courts really didn't give it much teeth and it really didn't go anywhere. So, you know, but for things like um, allowing native people to leave the reserve because they were all imprisoned on the reserve and you'd actually have to get written permission from the Indian agent to leave the reserve even for a day. Like, so if you had a funeral off the reserve, for example. So the Bill of Rights ended that and we all have to be extremely thankful. Oh yeah, we're not taught that stuff. No, we're that's so that, terrible. We're not, taught that, we're not taught that South Africa came to Canada before apartheid to study how to do it. So really? um, isn't that what a horrific thing? And I think with this 15 minute city agenda, <clears throat> that's what they'd love to get back to, wouldn't they? Right. But I but I'm just answering your question. So the Bill of Rights, the courts gave no teeth. And I think the reason is, is because it also protected property rights and dangerous and governments saw that as too dangerous, because as long as they can take all our property away at yes. the end of the day, they they own us and control us. Yes. Um, so from a legal philosophical position as long as we're in a situation where they can take all our property away then we're dependent on them so we really <clears throat> they want to maintain us keep us in that situation where they can put us into serfdom again although yeah. they try to do it in other ways now but the the canadian chart of rights and freedom the rights are really strong the mischief is in section one which was meant to be a, a safety valve that's rarely used only in extreme situations where it, it really truly could be harmful to totally privilege individual rights, because the charter is about individual rights, mm -hmm. um, where it could be harmful to, you know, a, a wider a wider group. So section one of the charter reads, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms guarantees the rights and freedoms set out in it, which is all fine. That part's good. So the, the charter guarantees the rights and freedoms set out in it. Now, here's the mischief subject only to such reasonable limits prescribed by law as can be demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. So <clears throat> here you're saying we've got all these rights, 
But mm -hmm. if the government violates the rights, they can justify that violation if they can show that it's demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. And we've seen the courts just interpret that so broadly that literally, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't as a lawyer even want to bother bringing a charter case, let's say, on a COVID issue. There's right. been a hundred percent failure rate. Yes, so, I know. Like, because you can convince the court your, the rights are violated, but the the courts just whitewash the government's behavior. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Next time round, when we draft the constitution again. Um, how how we're gonna how we're gonna square that circle, but that experiment didn't work, and it it didn't work um, it, in an amazing spectacular way. But it it wasn't the intention that it could just basically be a whitewash. I, the intention truly was that this would be a rare event um, with very strict requirements um, and very difficult for the government to overcome that. But it it didn't work that way. So, um, right. but but you know but. But then again, the problem is 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 systemic. Um, you it it's no it's not consistent long term if you want to have a liberal democracy to have the federal government appointing the the superior court judges. Exactly. That's long term, and it's not long term. Uh, a liberal democracy cannot tolerate long term a professional Department of Justice. So where you've got this machine that. Mm -hmm that the culture moves to protecting the government, not protecting the citizens. Well, even the so, Privy so Council. Even, you know, even, in the, even in the criminal context. Yes. I, I probably, I've run over a thousand criminal trials in my career and with heavy focus on constitutional law, you will never see a Department of Justice lawyer um, arguing that, um, that um, for our rights. So here you've got the attorney general, their boss, who has to swear to uphold the law and the supreme law is the constitution. Um, but I mean, I'll, I'll just use a real life example where, I mean, I'm in court arguing that, you know, and this is before marijuana was legal, but basically I had a situation where, um, I, I, I won't go into that case, it's too disturbing, but you'll just have egregious, you'll have egregious things happen. Right. And you'll have the Crown Council 100% of the time arguing it's okay. Yes. And so you, you can't have Crown prosecutors, professional ones. You cannot have a Department of Justice. Um, you just basically have to have a pool of lawyers who are willing to, let's say, practice criminal law. And mm -hmm. you're picked. You're crowned yes. on this one. Well, you know and, what? And, and you see, the thing, though, is, is your defense on the next one. And if, and if you're not acting for one, one side... That you have to work both sides, then you're you're not going to fight about things like reasonable disclosure, and you're not going to argue that it's okay for our rights to be violated in an egregious way because of you know just the horrific societal danger. How are we still functioning as a society over you know 15 grams a pot type thing? Like it's just it it's not consistent. But we're totally off topic. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think people No, that's all also really very interesting. And a lot of people are very concerned about their property rights as this gets further and further down. Um, and, you know, undrip things like undrip. So uh, people are listening to you quite uh, like wondering if they can use the Bill of Rights to defend their land now. Mm -hmm. Um, because we're getting to that point with all all of these bills coming in and most tyrannies, they're all legal, aren't they? You know, it's not like you, you, usually governments take over the people through legal means. So, so, can I, <laughs> so can I I get us back on point, because I think this is our opportunity to get Parliament back. So oh, so good. so we're so and let me let me tell you why. So. We're in this situation um, where we really are losing our natural products like, you know, Yes. If we have time later on, I'll, I'll go into more things. But like, we're going to lose. Um, the, what the, will I, we lose? Well, we'll just we... hang on. We're going to lose anything effective. We're going to lose uh, the things that are natural practitioners like naturopathic doctors and TCM doctors. Like it's it's going to be a bloodbath. And it's the purpose. So there'll be you're, you're going to lose your health food stores because they're not going to be able to compete with the drugstores. But in the drugstore shelves, you'll have a whole bunch of multivitamins and you know, your vitamin D and C and stuff like that. But with the label showing, you know, such low amounts that it won't be meaningful if you follow the instructions. But, you know, your multi-ingredient products and stuff like that, you know, with herbs and that, that can be really 
No, that's going to, and if I have time, I'll go into that more, but it's so important to explain. <clears throat> this is an opportunity for us to get Parliament back. Excellent. So, so um, in my lifetime, and I'm 58, the two, let's, and ignore the trucker convoy, which <laughs> okay. just this beautiful expression of peaceful protest that stands yes. on its own. Um, and my word, we are so indebted to them, they have no idea um, the ripples of their actions. But so, so ignoring the trucker convoy, which is just its own entity, in my lifetime, the two largest citizen rebellions, which both times caused government to back down. And then I've witnessed more minor rebellions, which also the government backs down on, have been over protecting our, our access to natural health products. Wow. So, I mean, think about it, like 70% of the population uses them. Um, and a lot of them to manage some pretty serious conditions. Like um, <clears throat> they're popular and they're popular because it works. Like it's funny, you know, if somebody comes out with a new product for something and it doesn't work, it disappears. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so if a product doesn't disappear and it's doing well, you'll see then other companies will emulate a similar formula because it's like, oh, okay, that works. Like it's actually a really wonderful trial and error. And out of that, we have had, I mean, and, and we don't have time, but I could, start talking about products and proof that like large numbers of people are only alive oh because, believe me like yes but, but no. let's get back to the really important yeah part. no i the just point number say, i have to say because i'm a holistic coach that in my own like uh many many cupboards i have so many supplements because i have been worried about this and take so many myself because they work and uh i i, I people who know me know i'm constantly recommending them and and more and more people don't even want to go to the hospital ever now so they're relying on natural yeah, yeah. Products. or or the dentist now now that they can inject you with the MNRA vaccine. Like, I, I don't want any injection of any kind nothing. from any health practitioner now. No, um, no cortisol shot, nothing. They can put that, No, nothing. In you just, we, we passed that. But back to why this is the opportunity. So, so nothing, uh, no other topic in my lifetime has excited people more than this. Like, you can get people active. You Good. want people writing letters to MPs, you want them calling, you want them demanding in person meetings. This is the issue. Now we have this freedom and, and then natural community, this 70%, like just using those numbers, you know, a large part of them, they're not aware of any other freedom issues. So you have a large part of those that watch the six o'clock news for their world paradigm. Yes. And that's what they believe, but they're, they will get active and it doesn't matter what, you know, <clears throat> the Globe and Mail says about natural health products. They're not going to buy that one. Oh, they're gonna, like they're not gonna they're not gonna accept the mainstream media messaging on this which in itself is helpful because yes, they'll it see it they'll see a disconnect once this gets moving and there will be mainstream media messaging against this and people like me will be demonized and all of that so you just wait because that always that always comes well so, i'll so, be with so, you i'll be with so, you demonized and it doesn't matter does it but, but we have this community and now we've got this freedom movement though. So we've got these people that don't buy the government narrative that are just outraged. And they formed like a number of freedom groups and they've even organized groups of freedom groups, but they don't have a target to get parliament back. Like some of them are, are rightfully getting really upset about these international health regulations. And there's, there's sporadic initiatives to try and stop that. Nothing major coordinated. And that's not going to get in, you know, outside of the echo chamber of the freedom groups. <clears throat> but the freedom groups also will be upset about this issue. Absolutely. And, and now we give them a target, right? So we've got the natural health community, we get excited. If we get all the freedom groups excited and working together. Yes. <clears throat> now we have this movement where we're literally going to dictate to parliament. You deregulate natural health products. You bring in the Charter of Health Freedom. I haven't even spoken about that. You stop the self-care framework. And then the fourth one will be you stop these international health regulations, of which this is just a part anyway. Now oh, we I love it. I love we it, can't, Sean. We can't start with that messaging because we have to get everyone together on the specific things that are happening right now, but then introduce the reality, the truth. Well, but what we are fighting is just part of this wider initiative. 
And, you know, with regard to, you know, Canada place, you know, maneuvering to place itself in a situation where the World Health Organization would have control over our, our health policy um, during if the WHO declares a pandemic, um, yes. you know, the messaging to defeat that is really simple for, for people not in the freedom movement. It's like, well, wait a second, Sue, do you mean in Canada? that we don't have the expertise to manage if the World Health Organization declares a pandemic. So for example, they declared a pandemic over monkeypox mm -hmm. and Canada didn't react to it um, because monkeypox wasn't a problem in Canada. But do you mean to tell me if, if the World Health Organization declares a pandemic, we don't have the expertise in Canada to like manage that? Like, and, mm -hmm. it, and if it's true that we don't, you mean we can't hire people to help us? Like we have to give up our sovereignty? Because if the WHO declares a pandemic, our people could decide, well, let's follow what the WHO's saying we should do. Mm. But should we give up that, that right? Like, really? Because that's what we're talking about, is giving up that right. And that's the issue. The issue isn't whether you agree with this or disagree with it. If we don't give up that right, we can, we can choose to follow them anyway. And it's such simple, clear messaging. Mm -hmm. And people will understand then, well, what are we doing? I will get in, the in messaging. A, from you because this is a, a so dear to my heart as people know me um, that I will put this on my campaign trail. I'll be uh, campaigning this fall like very uh, loudly and every day. So I'll absolutely get that proper messaging because you you find now as you talk to people, people who watch the news every night who thought COVID was you know a, a huge deal, um, love big pharma, even them they're starting to see something's missing and something's wrong. So I'm excited about this as well as a wedge to get uh, yeah. to get things back. Now, so Tish, um, if we can't get parliament back on the natural health product issue, like if we can't get it back on that issue, um, then we'll know we, we can't get it back at all. Exactly. And, well, we and will. So, this, so this is the test case. So. So like some, cause some people just resign that, oh, there's nothing we can do. It's just, they're gonna lock us down again. Yes, of course they are, all of that stuff. Um, <clears throat> where it almost feels like you don't have any power. Like we mm -hmm. were all cowering in our homes till we saw the truckers standing up. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and they're being punished. Like the, that leadership circle is being punished. They're paying a price for us, but we were encouraged because people were willing to pay a price and stand up. Um, and we have to start realizing that we have to stand up and pay a price. And I'm sorry if the price right now is, is like, so go to the NHPPA.org. So NHPPA.org. <clears throat> Subscribe. So there's a section on there we can give us your email. Um, so because then when we have an initiative, we will let you know. So we're launching an initiative right now. Well, let's basically shut down the MPs offices. So we want you to go and, and visit your MP and we want you to write letters and we empower you. We, if you wanna write your own letter, which is the strongest, here are talking points. And we have the discussion paper, um, which is long form what's going on, which you really should read to understand. But we have a two pager, which is really oh. simple for you to understand. Good, excellent. And you can give, you can give both to your MP, but we, we empower you to do the steps. But like, so if the only price you're paying right now is you know writing a personal letter and visiting and phoning your MP, well, can't you do that every week? And exactly. and then just do the Minister of Health next and the Prime Minister. Well, there's 338 MPs. Why not do them all? Why don't you make this your full-time job? Exactly. Um, that's what I'm doing. Because if that, yeah. That's not a high price to pay right now. It's not. But, that's what people need to know is your traditional job, your income, everything would be gone if we don't get, you know, get moving to get our country back. Well, I actually have a quick question because I, with a team, do door-to-door -door outreach, and we've been delivering the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms pamphlets, which are very well done on the digital ID and the central bank digital currency. Do you have a set a similar piece that people could print off your website and then give to their neighbors? You know, go door-to-door, -door, hand them on, out. On the changes. So um, I don't think we have like a brochure per se. We just have that two-pager that, you know, you can print out double-sided. Okay. Um, but I'll I'll bring to kind of our like we're we're a small little group just kind of getting <laughs> up to speed on. on I'm happy to help on. as well. Believe me, I can help a lot on this because I'm very passionate about this, and um, it's uh, you know, and because I'm running in this by-election, 
Um, I this is so critical. And as you said, this is a huge point that could it's kind of a make or break to see if we can take well, our parliament back. Just, just just so that you know, like let's go back to some of these other things that are happening, because I want your audience to understand that they're gonna lose their access to natural health products. Because what's happening is, is this is part of harmonizing the drug regulations internationally with a clear intention of us not having access to natural health products to treat ourselves when we're, you know, when we're sick or, or facing some health crisis. And part of this will also be to um, remove these products for any condition for which you would seek the advice of a healthcare practitioner. Well, <clears throat> medical doctors don't use a lot of natural health products, like some do, like, you know, using natokinase to manage um, high blood pressure, for example, um, or rather blood clotting, for example, and things like that. Like some natural health products are used fairly widely by medical doctors, but by and large, we're we're talking about your naturopathic doctors, your homeopathic doctors, you know, yes. your herbalists, your nutritionists, your Ayurvedic practitioners, um, you know, onwards and onwards. <clears throat> well, if the products for which they will use to treat you can no longer be licensed under this, you know, what we now call the natural health product regulations, then they would have to go through the more onerous new drug process and you can't get through. Like it's... Oh. So... so it it so, reminds and, me of the Planning Act um, because I, I've been going around speaking to councils, and that's another thing people can do, by the way. They can book a delegation to their local council because a lot of these council members take supplements, and, and most of them have no idea what's going on. So you could present this there as well. It just is an option for people, and it's quite effective to get the council. The If you can get them on board, this might be something they're interested in. I've tried with the Agenda 2030, but they they have no knowledge of it. They really think it's conspiratorial in nature still. Um, and even people trying to get like a pizza stand on their property, they're, they're caught up with the Planning Act. So it's another big cumbersome act. And you can see we're really already in communism when you can never get through anything, get anywhere. Oh, it's yeah. No, no. The regulatory, um, you know, it's funny. There's going to be a roundtable of the NCI tonight. Um, and Bruce Party is going to be on it. He's a a law professor who testified yes. at the NCI about the administrative state. Um, and and we're full, full blown there. I mean, it's interesting. I was um, I was at a shooting competition about six weeks ago and talking to a fellow from Poland who had lived oh. through the solidarity movement and all of that. And uh, me and another guy were talking to him. Well, you know, it must be awful to see us kind of move into communism. And he says, well, you're already a communist state. Yeah. He says, you know, you know how you know when you're in a communist state? when you have to watch what you say. He says, that's the test, full stop. He says, the minute you have to watch what you say, you know you're in a communist state. It, it doesn't mean it's not gonna get worse and more communist, but he says, we're there because we have to watch what we say now. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we say a, a couple of specific words on this podcast, if you were on YouTube, you're taken down, for example, or on Facebook, you're taken down. Like, isn't that interesting? Well, that that I got kicked but off. Just, yeah, I got kicked off YouTube right away because of uh, speaking my, you know, speaking about the truth of some of the shots and about natural health products. They kicked me off how, you know, nat natural immunity is something you could get kicked off for on YouTube. Unbelievable. So, um, yeah, that's the sort of place we're living in right now is uh, and people need to be aware of that. So. It's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it, people get scared, but it's an opportunity, isn't it? To really. Well, that's it. And around. I think it, I think it shows, you see, the thing is, is once they pulled the trigger, like understand once they pulled the trigger on COVID, that, that was a point of no return moment for them. So like, once you actually pulled that trigger and set that in motion and um, there's no going back. So you have to, you have to go for broke. And so so the issue was, is can you get far enough down your agenda before too many people wake up and not just wake up about what you're doing, but actually be willing to, to take action and push back. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you some, um, because the people have to understand we could stop this today. We could have stopped it yesterday. We could have stopped it at any time. One of the witnesses that testified at the NCI, uh, her name was Regina. And she was at the Red Deer hearings, if anyone wants to find her evidence and watch it. 
but she was at the beginning in the solidarity movement and they were small they and they couldn't get traction and even then they start getting traction and the leadership's arrested and she says well the remnant um we're taking care of the families of the leaders and we're still trying to push the agenda and she gets arrested for handing out brochures that counter the government narrative. And it's funny that during COVID, she's been doing the same thing and worried that she's going to get arrested, right? Yes. Um, and she's sentenced to three and a half years in jail. And so she's wow. jailed. Um, she came to Canada as a political refugee once she was released. But um, she, um, she said that the people didn't come out to the streets and support the solidarity movement. We didn't peacefully overthrow the government until the economy got so bad. Oh. You have all these strikes, trade union strikes. So the economy got so bad, people, the bread ran out. So now people are hungry. Um, <clears throat> well, that's pretty scary. And it's scary for this reason, Tish, is if they can keep us hungry, but they're not the bread run out, we're not going to take the streets. Yes. Um, but the other scary thing is, is they could have stopped it at any time. There was no oh, magic wow. to them being hungry. They at all times for the decades before living in at the for the whole time they were afraid of their government. For every yes. day they were afraid of their government, they could have stopped it. I, and uh, we and we can stop this. We can take parliament back now. We just have to take it back. Absolutely. I agree. And we and like it's got all peacefully like bad things happen when you step out of the peaceful realm. I agree. But we can peacefully take our institutions back and reform them so that they are again working for the citizen. And we can do that today. So like, that's what's it's... so crazy. And that's what I find so great about this, this, uh, you know, this as the opportunity. Um, and I think I think like from a, because, you know, they gamed all of this before. Yes. But they have to, because so many people are waking up, they have to try and close this box. So they, so they've had their, they have to take natural health products away now. Like Keeps it's not going to happen today they or don't next want us month to stay or the alive. month after, but it's going to happen within the next year. Like this is closing in. So they have to do it now so that we arrive at that model for what they have planned for us. Um, but the problem is, is it's 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 really going to wake up a lot of people. So it's kind of a race. Yes, it's kind of a race. But, uh, you know. But we have, you know, so we have to motivate on this now. Like, it's funny, you never start a campaign in summer in Canada. No, that like every political strategist would say you do not start a campaign in summer. You wait till mid-September after the back to school busyness is done. But we can get, they can't lock Canadians down in summer. We wouldn't tolerate it. So so we can get organized and get going on the campaign. I think it's summer. excellent. It's, like it's, it's yes. crazy. So. Yes, I actually see so many good points here. And people can get involved. People can dig their teeth into this in the masses. And the mainstream people who are still calling that small group of us, you know, conspiracy theories and extremists and all these other labels, they will start, they will get behind this too. So I hope well, they're, so. They're, they're losing the narrative and they know they're losing the narrative because, yes. um, like, even six months ago, if um, like you just in a conversation, just in, you know, well, how are you doing? Well, you know, aside from the fact that everyone's dying, I'm doing great. Well, yeah. when you say that now, somebody go, well, that's funny. Yesterday I went to a funeral and then you say, well, yeah, well, it's the vaccine. Like six months ago, people would get mad at you. They yes. don't get mad at you anymore. No, not as much. And <clears throat> so, you don't see as so, many Ukraine flags either up. I mean, they're starting to see it's not such a one-sided thing. Um, this is a complex situation, and we aren't being, being given all the facts here. Yeah, so and that that's going to rebound on them, like because you know, like for me, the like my kind of oh my gosh, I truly cannot um, believe anything the media said was during the first Iraq war, when mm -hmm. um, several of the mainstream media outlets were running the story of. Iraqi soldiers going into um, a Kuwaiti hospital, the um, neonatal neonatal intensive care, and taking you know premature babies out of bassinets so that they would die. 
and it's like I was enraged. Yes. And then oh. to learn that that and you know they've got this nurse who's testifying in front of the Senate. I think it was this Kuwaiti nurse. And then to learn that she wasn't a nurse. She was the you know Kuwaiti ambassador's daughter who hadn't been back to Kuwait for like for seven years or something. Like that the whole thing was theater and a fraud. Mm -hmm. Like that was my okay. I I can't ever get excited by you guys again. You know. And the sad thing about that is, is if you are reporting correctly about something, I should be worried about. I won't be believing you, right? So, yes. um, but it's just um, so many people have just been lied to and lied to and lied to by the mainstream media, um, and yet they're they have their trust. But it's a spell. It is a spell. Every every time you turn on <clears throat> mainstream media and your TV, you have to understand, and and you and I too, you have to understand like <clears throat> flashes you don't see, specific colors, message. There's so much. And like there are, you know, teams of people with, you know, who are smarter than you and I getting paid lots of money that all they do is sort out how to make this manipulative. And same with your interactions on your cell phone. Oh, um, even it's, worse. It's, That's so it's, worse. It's, even it's mesmerizing and it puts you under a spell. Mm -hmm. It puts you under a spell and um, like literally a spell where you are captivated and controlled and um and even what I even what I just said, like the people that are in it, what's he talking about? Because you can't see it when you're in it. No. And I know if you follow the Bible as a Christian, you know, it talks about this sort of the, the spell. Oh, so, so can I tell you something really, really interesting? So, yeah. So, I mean, you're kind of talking about end times revelation and all of that. <laughs> so but one thing that that um, so for those of you who haven't read revelations and it's the symbolism is just so hard to follow and I don't profess in any way to have any idea about it, but um, <clears throat> there's a chapter on, you know, the great Babylon mm -hmm. and, and it's not the city of Babylon, which is, you know, buried under sand in um, Iraq, but back in the day, you know, the city of Babylon, you know, was kind of synonymous with this, you know, kind of worldly anti-God empire. So when it's talking about Babylon in revelation, it's not talking about that. So is it talking about the world financial system? Is it talking about the United States? <clears throat> I can't tell you. But there's a sec, there's in, you know, near the end of the chapter on Babylon, it says something like, and she deceived all the nations with her sorcery. Well, sorcery is pharmacia, which is mm -hmm. pharmacy, which is mm -hmm. chemical drug or drug, it's not necessarily chemical drug when John wrote it. Um, yes. So isn't that interesting? So she deceived all the nations with her drug. Is that the vaccine? Exactly. I've Is that had the COVID nineteen vaccine. Like when I, you know. Yes. Well, you it, know, COVID nineteen. Do you know it stands for certificate of vaccine ID? And then nineteen is is one is a uh, AI. So um, 19 is that, you know, if you look at the letters of the alphabet, so it's certificate of vaccine ID. AI is what people have said it really is supposed to stand for. So having us all injected, what's the goal, right? So can I can I tell you about the the ID papers? Because it's a meme. I, I'm just trying to get it out there as much as I can. Sure, absolutely. People, you go for it. This is your time. And, and then I know and then I know we're kind of done for the hour, but but people have to understand this police state ritual. So um so you know, for those of us in Canada that experience this. Um, you know, in the middle of COVID, we all know that you had to get a passport. You basically had to get identity papers to do things you were free to do before. Like, so when you're in a, before this, when we were free, you know, Tish, if, if I wanted to go to my son's hockey game, I, I wouldn't even think about it. It's like, oh yeah, I'm not doing anything else. I got time and this is, you know, they're playing this other hot team. I just go. Yes. And if I want to go to a restaurant, I just go. And that's how I know I'm free. I don't even have to think about it. I just decide whether I want to do it. Now, that's mm -hmm. what freedom is. Now, here we are in the middle of this COVID adventure <clears throat> where the state has imposed on us that we have to get, we have to show identity papers to access these things. And I remember um, in the middle of that, I would see on social media people that had these identity papers literally gloating over those that don't, like, ha ha. Yes, you can go to my kids hockey game. I can go to a restaurant and you can't. And they didn't understand no. the joke was on them because 
um, <clears throat> when the, when a police state asks you to show identity papers, and this is why these digital IDs are so important, it's actually they don't. It's not for contact tracing. It's not like in the classical police state, you know, like Nazi Germany or Stalinist Russia, where they'd have a roadblock at an important intersection in a city. They actually don't care that you're going from one section of the city to the other. If they want, if they want you for any reason, they know where you sleep at night. Like, yeah. like, but what it's about is, is it reinforces that they're in control of you. Yes. Because it's it's a ritual that at the subconscious level, you are free to do something before you wouldn't think about it. But now to act, it's no longer a, a right. You, it's not a right. We are free to do something. It's your right to do it. You no longer have the right. It's now a privilege. And to get the, the state to grant you the privilege, you have to go through the ritual of showing your papers. Here's my papers, master. Absolutely. And the master says, oh, your papers are okay. I am granting you the privilege. And subconsciously, it reinforces in our minds every time we do it, that we are no longer free. You see, you have to understand the whole purpose of identity papers is to condition us subconsciously to understand that we are a servant and to do something, we have to get permission from our master. Let me say Absolutely. that again, because, because people miss this. The purpose of the identity paper ritual is to reinforce in your mind that you are a slave, that you are a servant. That's why they do it. Absolutely. It, and they it made doesn't it serve any other purpose. They made it demeaning as well and ridiculous. So, you know, going, you know, I didn't get, of course, I didn't, I was on jabs, couldn't see my, you know, kids play hockey. They couldn't play hockey, everything. But we, when you could start to go to a restaurant, I never wore the face diaper after a certain point. I, I was just, there's no way. Um, that was also to make us, um, you know, to, is a, is a condition oh, it's, of slavery. It's also, it's also a ritual, but I like to focus on these identity papers yes because i you know i saw a thing on del big tree the high wire the other day where you showed a clip from a grocery store in england where already you have to download their app <clears throat> because now the gates are locking they right? are and and this is coming to to grocery stores near you where they you're going to have to scan an id on your from your phone to be able to access a grocery store now this is a basic right to be able to eat like already where I live, the superstore, they put in, you know, you know, they're they're not locking or anything, but that's and Canadian tires have done this long ago, but that's there to condition us. We're expecting gates now. Mm -hmm. And so then when they become locking gates, it's not as much of a, a step, a new thing for us to accept. <clears throat> but you should not shop at any store that requires you to scan to get into the store. Absolutely. And you should be protesting outside that store and you should be raising a Hell. real bluff over it. But yeah. that's what's coming. It's just totally reinforcing that we no longer have the right, but that we are we are the slave having to go through this. Here are my papers, master. Here are my papers. Mm -hmm. Oh, your papers are OK. Good little servant. I will let you enter the grocery store and you can eat for another week. Well, you can eat the bugs that we're providing for you. Good protein for you, slave. Insect protein. Um, it, you know, it's it's really really disturbing what they have in mind. Uh, but you know, you have to have faith. There's no way they'll get there once enough of us are activated. But there's no reason to not put everything on hold and jump into this really full steam. No, um, we we need you to. We we this yeah. needs to become your job. That's if what working, I say. Who cares? Now, now you're not going camping at the lake on the weekend. You're doing this full time. And if you're not working, you're doing this full time. Like your job is secondary. If we don't stop this and it's our last chance, it's our last chance to see if we can get parliament responsive to us. Did I say that three times? No. Let me say it again. It's our last chance to get parliament responsive to us. And if we can't, if we can't, then your grandkids are slaves. Full stop. Powerful. Wow. 
it's 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 that serious and it really is at this point at this juncture i mean they cannot get they cannot get access to our natural health products there's just no way so consider me fully on board to help with this mission sean and i'm sure many others will thank you so much for your time you and i will speak separately i'm going to send you the james raguski podcast and then mm -hmm. we can have another chat because i have a lot of ideas and i um a lot of energy to help on this on this wedge point for sure in many ways so thanks so much for all your your work so far uh, to save Canada, there's, uh, you know, there's a growing group of really smart people who understand their day job is not important anymore. It's the mission is getting our Canadian freedoms back. Absolutely. And that's, that's going to take a while to rebuild. But if we can get to the point where we're able to knock some of the, these uh, laborist communist type bills apart and rebuild for the people, then we're on our way to getting our freedoms back. Is there any final words you want to say uh, to my audience? No, I mean, I think I think you were summing it up, but we're past the point where you can just sit and expect other people to do things. And, yeah. and if you wait, if you wait till the bread runs out on this one, it's gonna, it's already too late. Mm -hmm. So there's already gonna be a cost to most of us for doing this. And if the cost right now for you is just your time and your convenience and some money, like, I mean, going to Staples and printing off, you know, the discussion paper to mail to 338 MPs, well, that bear the cost. Like, I mean, we have to get this done. If the cost is, as you know, you every week going out and dropping off flyers in people's mailboxes to get get them, well, so be it. That's that's the cost. So, um, you know, right now they're not. It's not that bad, but you have to be bearing a cost now. You have to take personal responsibility for the state of our country right now and for the fact that our institutions aren't working for us. Well, they're not working for us because you haven't demanded that they work for us. They're not yes. going to work for you and your family unless you're demanding it. Okay. So the reality is, is, is that power will always take as much freedom as you allow them to take. And it's only when you say no that that process ends. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's a it's a total lesson in responsibility. The only way through it is by us reclaiming our sovereignty through action, a massive action, legal action, um, grass, you know, grassroots action and uh, education and everything else we can do legally to get our country back. So thanks so much, Sean. And thanks, I look Chris. forward to talking to you again. Have a great day. Take you care. too. Thanks. Bye.